Harp on Sports with Seth Harp. You know what time it is. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Go, bartenders! Go, food needs refill! All right, here we go. HarpOd Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio network. Follow, share, like, subscribe at HarpOn Sports. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you know all the platforms and how to access us. Okay, what do we have in store for you? Well, three prongs, as always. Going to start off first with a little NCAA crying uncle. Follow that up with a little, you know, Florida Gator. Sunshine State Sweetness, as updated schedules come out for the Florida Gators, uh, football, basketball news, and look, I'm, I'm okay with it. You're developing an identity here. You got to decide what you want to do, and sometimes the news is local. Sometimes the news is regional, and that's where Florida is today when it comes to that, and also uh, a little Major League Baseball mojo as we get ready for the second half of the year. Okay, going to start off first with the NCAA. Mark Emmert, the president of the NCAA, coming out and saying, Hey, man, maybe it's time that we need to start to rethink some things. Essentially, Mark Emmert saying, you know what? College football, college basketball, we're going to shift. College football, college basketball, we're going to shift a little bit. Maybe we need to realign ourselves, give the power back to the conferences in regards to football. Let them govern themselves. Look, the sky's not falling, but the NCAA needs to rethink things. And... Here comes the point where people love this. Here comes the point where people start to do backflips and say, this is awesome. This is great. Finally, the NCAA can get out of here. The NCAA is the least of your worries with this situation. Mark Emmert grasping on for some control in sports. Yeah, maybe a little bit with the NCAA. See, me to me, the NCAA, what happened with the NCAA and collegiate athletics is sports got too big. The money became too much. You saw that with the Penn State situation. The money became too powerful. I mean, when the average payout for a bowl game 30 years ago was, what, maybe a million dollars, and now it's upwards of $15 million for certain games? I, I mean, come on. Each team makes $30, 35000000 million a year based on even more than that, based on their television contract. Football got too big for the NCAA. It did. So Mark Emmert's like, look, look we're going we're gonna to deregulate it. Deregulate it. Anytime you hear the word deregulate, especially when it comes to sports, you should be scared to death. What happens when we deregulate businesses? We're going to deregulate this, deregulate that. Remove restrictions. That's fine unless you're building the bridge. Deregulate. How would you like to deregulate TSA at an airport? Right? The deregulation sounds great. Get, get, get the government hands out of our pocket. Sounds great. Until you start to apply it. Mark Emmert, the NCAA, we're going to back off here. Look, maybe the maybe the conferences should take care of it themselves. Now the great thing is, yeah, we're going to take care of this ourselves. Great. Great. Individual states, and here's the other problem that the NCAA has with this. You can't regulate 50 different states and 50 different rules for 50 different name, image, and likeness rules. You can't. It's kind of like what sports are going to run into here in a bit with marijuana testing. This state's legal. This state's not. The NFL is just going to come out and say, okay, we're just not even going to test for it anymore. The Big Ten is going to have a different set of rules than the SEC, and the SEC is going to have a different set of rules for, than the Pac-12. And the Pac-12 is going to have a different set of rules than the ACC, and you may think that's all fine and good. You may like that. You may say, hey, that's good. That's good news. I, I like all that. Okay. Maybe you do like all that. But with the NCAA out of the way, 
and the NCAA doesn't hand out a championship for college football. What's going to happen when the, one of the first times one of these conferences, one of their member institutions gets in trouble, does something they shouldn't do, and the conference looks around and says, eh, oh well. The SEC looks out for their best interest. The Big Ten looks out for their best interest. The Pac-12 looks out for their best interest. Deregulate it. You take care of itself. Here's what's going to happen. Your five major conferences are going to be five different operating bodies with a different set of rules. I'm going to blow your mind on this when you're ready for this one. If the NCAA is going to deregulate college football, who's to say how many scholarships you can hand out? NCAA has rules for scholarships. The NCAA is going to just get out of the football business. See where this is going. You're going to see college, you're going to see major conferences. Initially, the reaction will be good. Get 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 out of here, NCAA. And then it's going to be wait a second here. What, what, what do you mean Penn State's going to have a hundred scholarships now? That's not right. That 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 without Title Nine. Well, 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 Title Nine's an NCAA derivative, isn't it? And believe you me, balancing scholarships if it means that we get to add twenty for football. All right, fine. Then we'll find a way to balance out twenty up for other sports. We're going to have 10 more for football. Wait and see. Wait and see what happens when the Big Ten has 10 more scholarships per football program than the SEC. Because that's where this is going to go. Not only is it going to go there, but it's going to go in other facets as well. How are you going to get everybody on the same page when it comes to, okay, we're going to feed this team in here. We're going to feed this team in here. Uh, let, let's do this. For the college football playoff, well, wait a second. They can't, they're not bowl eligible this year, according to who? Will a conference ever, ever, ever make one of their teams not bowl eligible? If you deregulate college football, how can you ever? Do you think the SEC is ever going to make one of its teams? Okay, well, well, guess what? You're not bowl eligible this year, LSU. It's never going to happen. Ever. Ever. What's the first thing happens when businesses become deregulated? They start to cut corners. They start to cut corners. Oh, okay. Well, that's a secondary violation. That's a third violation. Oh, our coach has an illegal contact with a recruit. Here's what the conference stance is going to be on it. So what? So what? Why on earth, if I were the Big Ten, would I ever really, really investigate Michigan or Ohio State? Why would I? Why would I really, really ever dig into Penn State? If I were the SEC, why would I, why would I do that? Well, we're hearing that there's some allegations going on at these certain schools. Okay, well, what's going on there? Oh, well, we did our investigation. Didn't find anything. Oh, we talked to them. The verbal warning. The NCAA wasn't perfect. The NCAA isn't perfect. But deregulation of college football, oh boy. Here And there's another angle in this too. There's another layer to this. When you have individual conferences, easier to unionize. It's hard to band together 128, 129 Division I football programs. If it's individual conferences, oh boy. I can band together 12 or 14 teams. Am I going to be able to band together 139? No. 129? No. How's an attorney going to get his hands on that? How's somebody going to get their arms around that? I can get my arms around 32 Major League Baseball, 30 Major League Baseball teams. I can get my arms around 32 NFL teams. Do you think it's going to be hard for me to get my arms around 14 college football teams? So what happens when unionizing comes into effect? Well, now we can negotiate wages. Now we can negotiate shares of revenue, not just name, image, likeness. This is one of those NCAA things. It's like, you go figure it out on your own conferences. We'll just, we'll get out of this. We'll get out of this. 
And initially, it sounds, it's great. This is awesome, man. Get out of here. Then you realize, wait a second here. Wait a second here. Maybe not such a good idea. Maybe not such a good idea. It's kind of like that when you're younger. You're like, good. No adults around. This is awesome. This is awesome. No adults around. What would happen if adults weren't around for a long period of time? Kids, I'm good. Good mom and dad are out of town. This is great. Well, if they're out of town too long, you're not going to be able to pay the rent. Not going to be able to pay the electric bill. Not going to be able to pay the mortgage. There's not going to be food in the refrigerator. That's what this is. People don't like authority figures. The NCAA is a massive authority figure. It's telling you, deregulation in major sports. Mark Emmert, send it back over to the conferences. Pay attention to this one. Pay attention to how the conferences react to this. Because certain conferences, look, if I'm the Big Ten, I want it on my own. If I'm the SEC, I want it on my own. I don't want the, okay, we'll do it on our own. We can control all this. We can control discipline. Boy. And what happens with individual conferences? Oh, we, 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 we let the individual schools handle their discipline. And what's each individual school do? Oh, we handle that in-house. We handle that in-house. We keep it in-house. It sounds good. But what does that mean? Oh, they're going to make them run. Yeah, make them run. Make finely tuned, physically fit athletes work out more. Yeah, that's punishment. It's like making a lifeguard be in the sun longer. You go out there and you sit at the beach. Think about what you've done. <laughs> oh, baby. So pay attention to that. NCAA cries uncle says, that's it. Did you take care of it yourself? This is going to be one of those massive stories going forward. Okay. So we shift from that to this. A little Florida Gators sunshine state sweetness. Updated news when it comes to schedules. We find out that two things are taking place. One, Florida's going to play UCF. Two games in Gainesville. One game down in Orlando. So what happens? You have a new AD at UCF. That new AD looks around and goes, wait a second. So I have to go to Gainesville an extra time and I get them here? Deal. Deal. What, what happened to UCF was too poor? They, they, they couldn't trade off a one-for-one. One. We're a top-ten program now. We don't have to do that. It's amazing what a three- or four-loss season will do. Isn't it amazing what a couple losses then a three- or four-loss season will do? By the time UCF rolls around and plays Florida, they may be a seven and five, eight and four team every year. They may be that. And I got news for you. Florida fans will occupy 30 to 40% of that place down in Orlando. They will, if not more. If not more. We get them at the bounce house. If I'm Florida, I'd, look, two for one, you bet we'll do that. We'll do two for one for you. You bet we will. You bet. Remember there was talk in the past that, well, Florida won't do it because they're scared. Scared of what? Scared of what? UCF's dominance. You beat an Auburn team that was short staffed or short rostered in a bowl game. You won, but I mean, it was a big win. You lost LSU by 20, 25 in your bowl game the next year. What what did you, what'd you do? You beat USF. Wow. What'd you do? You beat Auburn. That's great. But UCF won undefeated year deserves all the credit in the world. Then they didn't even Boise state beat Oklahoma state. Didn't claim national championships. Didn't act like that. UCF said, we're going to act like that, which I always said, fine. You want to, we're the, what was it? Not undisputed, but we're national champions. I was okay with that. I was okay with them printing out shirts and, you know, but once they started putting the logo on the police car and they gave themselves a trophy, I'm like, whoa, Orsi, whoa. And then it came out. We only do one for ones. We're, we're an elite program now. We only do one for ones. It's like somebody winning the lottery, giving you financial advice. Yeah. Yeah, this is what you do. It's like, whoa, wait a second here. No, 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 no. 
And now UCF's going to do a two-for-one. Where they're going to come to Florida twice, Florida's going to go to their place. So they're not an elite program anymore. New AD, new set of rules. Good for them. I'm glad that UCF pivoted off this because that was ridiculous. That was ridiculous. And what this shows you is Scott Strickland, he offered a two-for-one a long time ago. So what? Not like it was a four-for-one or a five-for-one. When I went to school in Western Michigan, we had to do a four-for-one for Michigan State. Certain schools will never go to your place, no matter what you do. UCF, you get Florida now. Good. What is it? 2030 is when Florida will go to Orlando. Who knows what the world's going to look like in nine years? Who knows? But that's how these schedules set themselves up. But you got your two for one. Who's got more to lose in this? Florida's got more to lose in this. They do. And I give credit to Scott Strickland for going there. He could have come out and said, no, the deal's on. That's over. The, the time's passed. We're not doing that. No, we're not doing that. Scott Strickland comes out and says, sure, let's do it. I give him credit for that. I do. Two for one. We'll do two for one with you in this state. Look, they're kind of doing a two for one with USF and playing in Tampa, but that's where USF's home field is. Now that's going to be a one o'clock kick. It's going to be 600 degrees in September when that game takes place this year. It's going to be interesting because that's going to be 90% Gator fans, but in Orlando, 60, 40, 50, 50. The other thing that came out scheduling wise is the Florida Gators basketball schedule has the likes of what Oklahoma on it, Oklahoma state, they're playing in the Fort Myers, whatever this thing is, this, which that features Ohio State. Um, who else is in that thing? Seton Hall is in that thing as well. And then, you know, the non-conference state with Florida State. And then you look in there, what do you have? USF in there, UNF in there. And, uh, you know, I know Gator fans aren't too excited about the schedule. Like the basketball schedule is all, oh, it's not sexy enough. It's not sexy enough. Well, you get a limited number of games. You get, what, 12 games? You're going to play in this little tournament, which you're going to get Ohio State, Seton Hall. Two tournament teams, right? You're going to enter the other echelon of the non-con, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Those are usually tournament teams. Now you're to 3-4. Then who else do you have in there? Florida State, 5. So half your non-conference schedule are tournament teams. Oh, what do you want? You want Duke? Is that what you want? You want Duke? You want Michigan? That's what you want? Oh, Okay. I look around at the rest of the schedule and look, Ohio State was what? Was Ohio State last year a two? So Ohio State a one or a two seed last year? You're going to play Ohio State this year? <laughs> what What do you want? And the problem with college basketball is everybody falls in love with the brand of greatness, but not the current brand of greatness. They fall in love with the overall brand of greatness. Yeah. And I get it. I get it. But, you know, Florida, UNF... USF, um, and there was a concerted effort on the schedule to play local in-state games more. Why? COVID restrictions, trying to save money, trying to save money here this year. The reason you're seeing so many more in-state games this upcoming year, athletic departments are crying poverty. Do I think they're poor? No, I don't. They're crying poverty, though. So what? Well, let's save some money. How are we going to have more in-state games? Now, two or three years down the road, if they're still having all these in-state games, yeah, you can lose your mind. Go ahead. Knock yourself out. Knock yourself out. But I, but I do like this. I, I do like the way the schedule sets itself up. Yeah, they're not making a West Coast trip this year. So what? Oklahoma, Oklahoma State in the non-con, along with what, Ohio State, Seton Hall, maybe, possibly, perhaps. It's a good thing, isn't it? Do you want teams like that? You want Duke and North Carolina? Okay, well, then next year, set up a home and home. And you want, We want them here. Well, it's just not that simple. If you want to take on Duke and Duke says, come here. Like, well, you come here. No. 
Well, that's not right. Well, you can argue until your head explodes. Everybody wants Duke. Everybody wants Carolina, right? Indiana, does that hold the way? We want Kansas. Okay, okay. Ask yourself this, Gator fans, when it comes to basketball. You're willing, you got upset at UCF. Only two for one. No, 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 we're not going to do one for one, two for ones, which is fine. But will you do a two one for Kansas? No, one one up. Oh, now you're acting like them. You want to go to Kansas? You want to North Carolina? Look, I'm sure North Carolina and Kansas and, and Duke, Michigan, they'll do a two for one with you in basketball. We want a one for one. Easier said than done, gang. Easier said than done. Also, I want to pivot to baseball. Major League Baseball has a little mojo now, don't they? Major League Baseball has a little mojo as we hit the second half of the year. The home run derby, Pete Alonzo, back-to-back winner. What do you know, Florida Gator plug? How New York, you know, Aaron Judge and, the, and everybody falling in love with the Yankees over the last 70, 80 years. I get it. The Mets are kind of little brother. But the Mets need to embark on a campaign in which they get Pete Alonzo, a big billboard in Times Square, the Big Apple's Big Slugger, something like that. I know that's generic and lame, but do something. Do something for Pete Alonzo. You want back-to-back home run derbies, baseball marketing their stars? If I were the Mets, I'd go on a full court. I, I mean, I would do full court press with, with Pete Alonzo and his marketing, and here we go, baby, back-to-back home run derby champs. Some excitement. You got a young crop of guys, Fernando Tatis Jr., Vlad Guerrero Jr. What's interesting about, you know, Fernando Tatis Jr., Vlad Guerrero Jr., Chani Otani, um, two of those three guys may not make the playoffs. And the only one that would be in the playoffs today is who? Tatis, and they'd be a play in wildcard game. But what's interesting about that is you got the sons of stars from 20 years ago. And then you look 20 years ago, you had the sons of stars from 20 years before that. Ken Griffey, Ken Griffey Jr., Bobby Bonds, Barry Bonds. Fast forward to today, you've got a young crowd, I mean, more like 30 years ago, you've got a young crowd, Vlad, Gramer, Vlad Guerrero Jr., son, Fernando, Tess, Fernando Tatis Jr., son. Now those, Vlad Guerrero's Hall of Famer, right? Bobby Bonds, um, Ken Griffey Sr., no. But you have a pedigree. And baseball didn't, they rallied behind Ken Griffey Jr. They did. Baseball rallied. They had an interesting young guy. He was out in Seattle too. So he was such a a big name that it worked and it put the Mariners on the map. I'm going to be interested to see what baseball does with the marketing of Fernando Tatis Jr., San Diego, Vlad Greer Jr., Toronto, Otani, Anaheim. What do you do with these guys? What do you do? Got to get them in the postseason. Well, that's nice, and that's a week in October. Four weeks into the football season. What do you do to them the 162 games of the regular season? You got a little momentum. These guys are interesting. They're exciting. They're fun. Baseball's got a little mojo. It'll be interesting to see what they do with it. Interesting to see what they do in the second half. And, you know, they're talking about changing some rules, eliminating the shift and all that. Yeah, that's great. But baseball's got some mojo. See what they do with it. Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, audio, media, radio network. Follow, share, like, subscribe at Harp on Sports on all of those platforms. You can listen to the podcast as well. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Buzzsprout, and, of course, HarpOnSports.com, Harp on Sports, the YouTube page. Remember, stay clean, stay focused, stay strong. Frankenstein. 
Have fun with your friends.